Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome along to another inside story here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels and for this I've come down into Germany. We're about an hour south and east of Cologne in a little place just outside Limburg called Diet, uh, Alton Diet actually, up on the hill of Diet into a huge facility here that we're going to have a little sneak peek uh, behind the doors of in this programme. And we're here because this is the home of Winwood HTP Motorsport. So let's get inside. It's a, there's a bit of a wind blowing here. Uh, and let's meet our hosts today who are going to show us around. The inside story on the teams, suppliers and circuits. Inside. Straight into the car prep beers here with a variety of AMG Spares, Russell Ward is here, Christian Hornardle is here. Uh, right, first of all, did I get this right? Winward HTP, HTP, Winward, Winward, H- which, what, are we, what are we calling this, uh, this enterprise now, uh, Russell? This is uh, Winward HTP. Thank goodness I got it right whilst I was standing outside. Uh, Winward HTP, HTP, Winward, Christian? It doesn't matter because it's, uh, everything is stick together. It's one, it's one team, so it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah, call it like that. What is your, what's on your business card, Christian? Because I remember you. I'm not going to tell you the first time that I commentated on you, but you were very young and very early in your career. But what does it say uh, now that you're not a driver full-time, or at least that's not your only, uh, your only profession? What does it say on your business card here? At the moment, I don't have any business cards. So. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think we have a big project ahead of us. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, to, 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 to lead this project and looking that, yeah, things going going on um, yeah, here in Europe. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, what, what I, I try to, to put my passion, which I used to have in the racing, to put it in the team now. And uh, I think that's, it's, uh, yeah, that's my title. Uh, in terms of HTP itself, the history of this team goes back quite a long way here in Europe. If you go back all the way to 2007, I think, was the first time we saw the, the HTP, what has become HTP team, in a, in a fabulously named Formula Gloria, which was a, a, a space frame um, single-seater formula that, that didn't last very long, actually. But there's, there's elements that has come from as far back as DTM and, and Pearson Motorsport, which people will remember, and Heiko Motorsport as well. So this, this has got a bit of history here. Yeah, it is indeed. It's a, yeah, it's a long history, actually. The, it's a long, long roots, what we have in motorsports. And, uh, yeah, we, we are quite proud of it. And, yeah, and uh, from these roots, we want to continue also the future. And that's why we are very delighted to, yeah, to, to stick together with uh, Winrod. And, uh, yeah, I think and hope we have a bright future. And almost always, there's been a three-pointed star on HTP. There was one season, if I remember correctly, of Bentley, but back with AMG now and having been a, a customer and a, at times a development team for, for AMG products down through the years, that's a strong partnership. Of course, and uh, yeah, we are we are delighted to be there, to be in that position, and uh, hopefully to continue. Yeah, and I have to say, yes, we we are strong with the brand, and uh, that's why, yeah, we we have to start with us, and uh, yeah, at least we own at the moment ten cars in total with the star, so it's a, it's a lot, and we run with them more than yeah, I think eight we run uh, this time, so yeah, it's I think it's a strong partnership, and uh, yeah, we are hopefully keep it in the future. Now, Russell, where does win? would come into this you and your dad Bryce uh, Ward we know obviously from IMSA and the uh, IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, you guys still relatively new to motorsport but my goodness me you're building up an empire how, how did this partnership how did this happen and, and how long have you guys been involved here at HTP? You know, well, my, my first season in, in uh, the Michelin, or back then it was a Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, was in a Porsche. And, uh, you know, after, after 
you know, running with that, we decided it was time for a change. And so uh, we, we started looking at Mercedes and got introduced to uh, HTP Motorsport by Damien Faulkner, who's a co-driver of mine. And, you know, we really just hit it off. You know, we came down here as incredibly professional and it's something that we wanted to strive to become. And so uh, we lent on them for a lot of engineering experience and just general racecraft experience. And, you know, it's just gone upward from them. I mean, we love, we love working with these guys. So. And so investing in the business, investing in the sport, and to a certain extent taking control of your, your own destiny as drivers, you and your dad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think... You know, we, we do this we do this for fun and, and to be, you know, competitive and be, you know, the most competitive guys in the world. I mean, our family is just incredibly competitive and, and so are these guys here, so it was a perfect fit. Is it, does it always get a bit fractious if there's a game of Monopoly even going on in the Ward household? Does, it, does the Monopoly game ever get finished or does everything end up on the floor when somebody takes the hope? No, look, we actually don't compete against each other because then it would just be all-out <laughs> war, you know. They do. they do, I know exactly. That's the passion of the family, I know exactly. Right, okay, let's, let's talk about where we are now because this I recognise straight away. This is a car uh, prep bit, Christian, and what we got, one, two, three, four, five, six beers here. So you could be working on six cars uh, at any one time. Just had, quite clearly, a parts delivery in. I, I won't ask you about the list prices of these things because as the man who's looking after things here, I bet that makes you cry uh, just a little bit. No, I, I, we've, we've got a car actually opposite us, which is a GT... Four car with uh, a new bit of carbon front end on there as well. So what's going on here and what typically goes on here? Yeah, the car's just uh, right back from the test. We tested uh, it Saturday in Hockenheim with that car. Some new nice guys uh, with the GT4 because we were entering in Germany with the GT4 championship. Uh, yeah, and had a. It's actually he comes uh, out of the truck, out of the trailer. We do some prep because next week is again a test with that car. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, the usual work where they do. First cleaning stuff, then, uh, like, just uh, check all screws and so on. And, uh, yeah, it's it's quite fun car because it's good fun to drive and it's easy also for for the prep. And, and Russell, GT, is this one of your U.S. cars, by any chance? It is, it is one, of our, one of our U.S. cars. You know, we, we made a, a trade earlier on in the year, and I think <laughs> us in the U.S., we got a better end of the trade. Well, you've got a GT3 car over there, yeah. presumably. Exactly. Having said that, let's, you know, we've talked about this before with you and your dad and with Christian, actually. GT4 cars now are, are pretty sophisticated, uh, pretty sophisticated racing machines. It's not just a road car with a cage in, is it, anymore? No, not anymore. I mean, you know, Mercedes builds these cars to win and it shows, you know, with every, every nut and bolt they put in here. And, you know, they really try to build, you know, the best, best car for the, for the class that they're competing in, so... We'll have a look around it in a moment, but we've just been joined by another key member of the team. Christian, introduce uh, your colleague to your right. Yeah, it's uh, Alberto, our, our team manager in the, in the US. I think we are very delighted to have him there because, uh, yeah, we did a big step forward as he, as he joined the team there. And maybe, yeah, Alberto, say what you're doing there in, in the US. Uh, basically, um, I like to uh, call myself a glorified travel agent, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know that feeling, <laughs> yeah. I tell you. Organize a circus show, as you will, you know babysitting 20 grown men whatever you want to call it but uh herding cats is what the responsible adult calls it yeah. because it's probably just about as difficult yeah it absolutely is you know just meshing all those different uh personalities and attitudes uh kind of what makes it a championship winning team so that's what we're trying now, to it, ca- it can't be easy running programs on two different continents on time zones that are widely different thank goodness for for email and is that sometimes a little bit frustrating that you know you, you can't be here every day because you've got to be in the states yeah luckily uh, christian makes it very simple for us here you know we kind of rely on each other say you'll take care of that we'll take care of this and any questions any concerns we work together this is, this is one team you know I'm keen to have a look at this car so i, I don't mind who shows me around it but i, I want to have a, a quick look around because I've seen plenty of these AMG cars racing. I've even had a few passing me, including ones driven by you, Russell. So the, the thing that I noticed straight away when you look inside this AMG uh, GT4 is how different it is from a street car. Yes, the dashboard has echoes of the styling, but it's a, a full electronic dash. You haven't even got a full steering anymore, steering wheel anymore on the on the GD4. It's a bow tie like a Batmobile uh, steering wheel. And of course, the other thing is the safety aspects of these cars. They've come on massively. 
Absolutely. You know, I think this is probably one of the safest cars in the world. You know, with the carbon fiber seat that's bolted directly into the chassis, it doesn't move. The pedals move forward, the steering wheel moves, but, you know, the seat's never going to move, which is, you know, the weak point usually in a car, mm. you know, in a race car, the sliders on the seat. Um, you know, this car is almost identical to the GT3 on the inside. I mean, all the same components and everything like that. So, you know, and they've had incredible success with the with the GT3, and so they did everything they could to bring that here, you know, into the GT4 category as well. And, and Christian, if I can grab you over here uh, as well, uh, GT4, a, a natural extension of GT3, as we've said, it's come on uh, massively over the last four or five years in terms of the technology behind these uh, these cars. I mean, I'm just looking at the, the rear brakes here, AP racing brakes, venti discs mm. on the back, double wishbone suspension. Now, this is a proper racing car. It is indeed. And I can tell you, it's all like the brake discs, the gearbox and so on, everything is from the GT3 as well. So it's the same, it's actually the same stuff. Um, except of the suspension you see the suspension we are from the road car but already in the road car this is a quite nice car to drive and also you know also the carbon fiber stuff where you see here like the front bumper and the bonnet it's uh, this is specially made for it uh, for this GT4 car but if you see the fender for instance it's already in the road car it's carbon fiber so you see we have a very good base on it, but even more they put what I would like, what really I like on this car is that they put also like a race electronic stuff in yeah. rear. And it's really helping the car itself to be a race car. And uh, that's why it's quite reliable. And so what we're seeing here um, is that effectively this car is engineered backwards from the GT3 car. So there's a lot of, in, in terms of some of the components, it, it works back that way. That presumably Christian makes it a relatively easy car to work on to change components of course yes not as easy as a GT3 but it's still there because uh, yeah it's it's easy and for it's cheap because we we had uh, yeah we can do a lot of adapting from GT3 and uh, from GT4 so it's it's fine and GT4 in <laughs> Europe this is going to run in the U the uh, German GT4 championship how competitive is that nowadays Nowadays, it's quite competitive. It's really, I think, uh, this day, it's, it's still there, for, I think, since two years now. <clears throat> and uh, I, I see a lot of young guys are coming into it from Formula Car. They see the chance now into GT Sport, and they switch from Formula into that GT4, which I think it's a perfect match to be uh, if there is a goal in GT3 later on for these guys. So because the, the car, the GT4 car, like for instance with a Mercedes and AMG car, it's quite similar. The mm. car handles like a mechanical wise, uh, it handles quite the same. So if you're in the car, if it's just a good step, a learning platform for them because they have a little bit more time uh, to do some mistakes and a little bit less power on it. And uh, I think it's a quite good platform. A bit less aero than a GT3 <clears throat> car, though. So I'm certain places it'll be quicker down the stretch than a GT3 car. Of course, much much quicker. And that's why it is. Uh, so that's why they have a good le learning platform there. And then the next step is into GT3. Because in GT3, due, due to that aero, it's harder to overtake. So mm. it's more focus on the qualification. So less, yeah, I have less space for mistakes. And that's yeah. the point. Absolutely right. Okay, let's move on because uh, I can see a GT3 car here and I want to have a, a look at that before we move on to another part of uh, the facility here. Uh, by the way, proper, proper silver arrows, uh, silver on that car, other than the very pretty carbon fibre. That's a thing of beauty, isn't it? Look at how all that weaves all in the same direction. I think you want to not paint that. I would want one without the paint on. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it is, of course, but uh, we have a good sponsor for it, so that's why we keep it like that. Uh, so far, until yeah, we have the first official test, and then it's in the, in the color of the sponsor. Let's move on to a car that uh, we are very, very familiar with the, the livery. This is the green and yellow of the man filter car with the... Uh, the scales on it as well. We've seen these cars racing all over the world. This is a GT3 car. You can immediately see that this is much more of a purpose-built uh, race car in terms of its bodywork. It's wider. It's got the bigger wing. And that AMG <coughs> engine, I do like the fact that the uh, carbon fibre uh, bonnet still goes up on a strut. That's very, very nice. But how far is that engine back, Russell? So you're almost sitting with that on your knee. Yeah, you know, I mean, technically you'd consider it a mid-engine. It's behind the front axle, so uh, mm. you know, it gives you a much better weight balance, and you know, that's that's what they're that's what they're all about. Protects the engine a little bit as well. 
Uh, if the worst happens, yes, yeah. ab- absolutely. Differences in driving style between a GT4 and a GT3? And, and is you know, Christian saying it's a good platform starting in GT4? Does that give you the tools that you require to step up to something like this? I think so, absolutely. I mean, the cars perform very similar, you know, on on on, sl- on lower gear corners, so like second and third gear corners. You know, the the most difficult thing is trying to adapt to the aerodynamics. I mean, this thing has a lot of downforce compared to the GT4, and so you know, on the on the faster speed uh, corners, it uh, takes a little bit getting used to. But if you can drive the GT4, you can drive this no problem. And and Christian, as I said, this one, you know, designed right from the off as a as a as a racing car, so. Very little compromise on this. We talk about some people talk about GT3 as if it's a, a, a lower category, but in terms of GT Grand Touring Racing, there's only GT Le Mans, GT ahead of it, and they're almost like prototypes nowadays. This is effectively the top class of world GT, isn't it? The advantage of these cars, GT3 or the GT3 class uh, in 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 total, is that you can race it everywhere, and that's and that's the point. And that's I think it's also for the future. It is. Yeah, motorsports, uh, I go back to 2006 when all the GT3s start. It's, it's, a, it's a different world now. It's much expensive. But anyway, I think it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a kind of motorsport in a professional way, and it's payable compared to that GT Le Mans. Yeah. So that's uh, like, a, like teams like us can do a professional motorsport in, in, a, yeah, in a way which we can finance. When you get to the complexities of a GT3, could a private team, still run one of these cars with just a few weekend warriors and maybe a little bit of help from from AMG because of course you do have the support of AMG behind you 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 are a private team but you look very much like a works team would look if I may say so but, but could somebody turn up with one of these in a a small truck or a, a trailer and and be competitive nowadays or are they getting too too complicated for that no, there is a plan behind it. So we started with a very, very good platform, the AMG. What I was also involved in it. Remember, in 2011 with the SLS, mm. so it was the first really proper car. You can put it out of the garage onto the track and drive, and that's the idea. And this idea, as we implemented this car in 2016 with the GT, uh, with the GT. 3 AMG GT3 um, it's the same the same idea is behind it so mm. we have a little bit more for sure it changed a little bit, a little bit more aero and uh, but at least also with the Evo kit we have in 2020 it's not we are not looking for performance we look for reliability mm-hmm. and the easier maintenance of the car and that's the, the yeah the, the idea of the GT3 which uh, AMG Motorsport will do it it's a beautiful thing engine in fact that is that's based on the same engine that was in the sls the the engine has endured and it's still fantastically noisy and uh, and a, a, a sound that is unique now to to the mg gt3 of course uh, we have it here i think it was a good decision we had a new car but we have a really reliable engine in it so we, we kept that engine but anyway uh time step forward so as you see in the gt4 we have our yeah brand new 4.0 a V8 bi-turbo engine in it and it's same reliable mm. it's same good so you see we have to adapt to the time and uh, I think this was the first step now how many people can work in here how many cars could you be looking after in here Russell when things get very busy you know I mean as you said I mean there's six bays so you could have six but I mean you could put one on the lift you know you could work on maybe 10 cars in here at once but wow. you know I, I think the max they would do is probably Probably five, you know, that's what they have. And how many people do you have working here, Christian? Um, eight in total. Right. We have eight in total. As you see here, we have some different spots. And uh, this is our car, which we go testing now for the, um, for the uh, GT World Series and Sprint. Uh, it's already done, so we have uh, next two weeks we have tests with that. The GT4 is already running. Then if we, if we want to go mm-hmm. a little bit further down, we have two cars which we are already preparing GT3s for the Etihad GT Masters. As you see, we built the cars right from the chassis, completely new. Oh, really? As you see here, yeah, we can... It's one of these. We ah, this is one of the updated cars. Is this one of the updated... Uh, no, it's not... We, we, we are, we are um, yeah, complete, built and new. As you see, this is already nearly done. And here's our next car, as you see on the lift. Wow. It's, uh, it's always the, the preparation we do for, for our professional series where we're participating is building up the car really from the from the chassis completely new 
and uh, rebuild everything, check everything, and it's, uh, can you see here? See, now, the only time I normally get to see a car like this, something's gone very, very wrong at a racetrack. <laughs> uh, and it's very interesting to, to me to see, yes, we have the monocoque body, as yeah. you would have mm -hmm. in a road car, uh, strengthened here, of course, by the bespoke roll cage. What I don't normally get to see are the chassis legs, the uh, the mounts for the struts, the strengthening, and, and now I really see how far the engine is back compared to the, the front of the car when the, the car's got no clothes on, effectively. And this, this is all, is this all aluminium or steel? It's steel. Normally it's aluminium, but for the GT3, it's a steel uh, frame, so because it's a little bit stiffer. Mm -hmm. uh, in the GT4, it's aluminium. Yeah, which is the same as on the road car. It's the same, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's still quite a lot of work to do on this one. About, about how many hours, then, would it take to build up a car? It depends a little. If you're in, in Russia or not, if you said if you have an accident, it's normally we can rebuild the car with, from the chassis about five to six days. With two guys, we are really working 12 hours a day or more. So if we have a little bit time like this, we, it's three, three weeks about. So, yeah, we plan to be ready with the car at the, begin, yeah, at the first week or second week of March. So it's all in time. Uh, we have all parts now with that and uh, we get a new rebuilt engine, engine in it uh, next week. So it's, it's done. There. And presumably you have a list of work and you have to go through it in a particular way to make sure that everything gets done because you can't afford to leave anything out here. One of these little things isn't connected or you haven't got a bolt sorted out. You're going to find out that pretty quickly when you get on the track. Yeah, of course, but we have so so experienced guys to work on this car. They know it exactly. And they, they work for this car now too since it's come out with 2016 and uh, as you see Berkan is, is working on it and it's he knows the car better than his girlfriend I have to say huh? yeah, I think we probably <laughs> want to leave leave that out okay we're at HDP uh, Winwood we're in Germany it's an inside story we're in the car build bay at the moment we're going to move on to another part of the factory just in a moment or two here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels the inside stories on the teams suppliers and drivers this is inside so we're here in Germany with another inside story. We've moved out of the car build bay into a, an anteroom just a little bit further along. Um, that looks like the biggest pizza oven in the world. Christian Hornardl, uh, along with uh, Russell Ward, Alberto, the US team manager, uh, as well for Wimwood HTP, are all with me at the moment. That isn't a pizza oven, though, is it? it uh, no, it's not. It's uh, like a carbon fibre oven, just to put you some small parts and bits uh, for that, just we can do it in-house. If we have uh, some, some demanding thing, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's like that. It's not a pizza oven, but the guys would like to do sometimes. I'm, I'm sure they yeah. would. A, a key point of any race organisation, of course, is parts. We've seen parts coming in. You need some storage as well. I mean, you've got tyres a go-go here. Uh, Michelin Pilot, Sport, Hankook, Pirelli. I mean, it's great that you can reach GT3 all over the world, Christian, but that does mean that you're running on different tyre manufacturers, and that... In in this context, that just means more space to take up. Yeah, and more money, yeah, of course. <laughs> You're running different series this year. Are we competing, I think, in six or seven series, which have different tyre brands, starting from yeah, Pirelli in the GT Masses and so on. And uh, like Michelin Pilot Change, we do, uh, or GT Open, we do uh, Michelin. And uh, as well, we do like the Creventic series mm. now, where we start with uh, the two guys here, with uh, Russell and with Bryce. They're using Hancock. So mm. we have different brands here with as you see we have uh, uh, slick tires we have rain tires we have just a little stock you know when we are testing yes. normally we order it but uh, we, we should have also a little stock here and, and Russell you've driven these cars on a number of different tire brands I'm not going to ask you to say which one's best because that's not fair because they all run in different series is it distinctively different in terms of how you have to set the car up and the feedback that you're giving the team as a driver in this case with your, your driver's helmet on uh, rather than being the part of the organisation here if you make a switch from Michelin to Hankook to Pirelli the setup's drastically different or detail different? You know, they, they can be very different. I mean, you know, all these tire manufacturers have different sizes that they put on the car. Right. And, and so... Really? So that affects ride height for a start? ride height. It affects just about everything. And, um, you know, you also might set up the cars. You know, different tires last longer than certain tires. So you might, you know, set up, set up a car for a bit longer stint on one tire and a shorter stint on the other tire. So 
I mean, they're they're massively different for sure. Mm. And Alberto's just rejoined us as well. Uh, we were talking about um, building of, of parts, and you know, obviously every o- uh, operation has to have some stock of, of parts. Great thing is that AMG's got a very good customer service, so there, there is an opportunity for them to, to support you at racetracks all over the world. But you've got to be involved because these are real race cars. Um, you've got to be a service manager, manager as well in some respects. You've got to look at how many miles or kilometres in this case that the cars are doing and work out when key components need to be changed in terms of track time, but also when you can do them in terms of schedule, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. So we have to, you know, we work off the calendar. So we have no choice but to follow a certain calendar. And uh, we try to plan out a whole season way ahead of time. So we know when to do the rebuilds and uh, when we're going to get parts. And, uh, you know, luckily I come from a dealership background, so I kind of uh, naturally fit into... But that's what it is, isn't it? You like being a service manager and you're saying, right, you've got to come in for your 10,000 kilometer service, which means we've got to do this upright and that part of the drive trip. Yeah, absolutely. And it's exactly what it is. You know, just following the owner's manual and making sure (laughs) we get it, uh, we get the uh, stuff done correctly. And you're talking about that and we're having a bit of a laugh, but there is, if not an owner's manual, there is an EMG life and service schedule for GT3s and GT4s. Yeah, absolutely. They make it very simple. It's uh, right on one of the pages of the manuals. It tells you when to what you know when and what to change, and uh, yeah, it's very simple. So it's like flicking through your street car um, owner's manual, which obviously um, I do. I'm sure every other bloke does it and doesn't just leave it in the cellophane. Every time we get a new car to play with, I'll flick through it to find out. And there's always a service schedule in the back. You get your dealer stamp and it tells you what they're going to do. The oil, you know, once you get to 60,000, 80,000 miles, maybe you've got to do a timing chain or whatever. So similar sort of idea. Absolutely. Exactly like that. Just obviously with motorsport application, uh, the life is a lot shorter, uh, more stress on every component, obviously. And, uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, certain oils, uh, certain weights, you know, just like a, a regular uh, streetcar. I love it. I love the fact that we've come down to that planned servicing. You probably can hear a very different uh, acoustic in here with the storage. I'm, can I just stick my head around the back? Is anything secret around here? I always, I always like to look. Just loads and loads of storage around here. And, of course, here's something I never thought of. Things, things like pit equipment and things to deck out the pits with because this is a professional team. And nowadays, Christian, it's so much more than just about getting a car or two cars to a track and then getting them out on track and winning. You've, if you're going to be as professional as, as you guys are, you've got to have the right look, you've got to have the right branding, and working, of course, with AMG and Mercedes, that's probably very important as well. Yeah, of course. As you see here, we have our car slots, and normally we should have no bits and parts around here. So that's why we have that magic door here behind in, ah. in the floor. Let, let's go there. Okay. Because all the, the body stuff, and work because I want to have it clean here outside and then we go there if it's hang on a little bit let's have a look let's see how good it is there we have oh look yeah right a lot of bits and pieces who is on the car uh, which uh, you can't see from the outside that's why because yeah we want a clean look in in the yeah in in the workshop and here yeah all the all the bits of the parts which they build out they put here in in that in that stems and put it here and rebuild for rebuilding and uh, as well, we have some spare parts. Just follow me here around there. Look, we have moves, he moves quickly. Floors. <laughs> Floors and uh, underbody and under engine bay, bits and pieces. There's some bits for the pits here with engineers' chairs, of course. That they've all got to get to the track as well, let's not forget. Yeah. And we've got a bazillion wheels and here without tires. Yeah. This is uh, mainly our our yeah boxes which we load and unload in the truck just to store it here. This is just storage room here for yeah uh, for our yeah maintenance. I have to say, and just follow me. Oh, he's off again. He's quick, isn't he? Have to keep up with. He's lost no pace. I'll give him that. Lost no pace at all. And through here, consumables is what I would call this. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. This is our storage, which we have all the cleaning stuff and all the oils. What we have, you see, we have a lot of them. And uh, on the other way, it's, this is this is like an auto shop yes. that you would go to. Uh, I'd want some uh, screen cleaner, please. Oh yes, yeah. which one would you like? I've got twenty bottles. Yeah, and we have there's our screws and everything. And I tell you, this costs. <laughs> I don't know. A really lot of money, but we have to have it anyway. You Crazy. see, it. we have everything in screws. We have, I don't know how many, how many. 24. So that's, I reckon that's 24 boxes per uh, 
per stanchion there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's 240. Uh, 264, 268. 288 mm-hmm. different bolts, nuts, and washes, all in little trays. And whether, you know, so right here for 12 millimeter, for 13 millimeter, for 10 and a half, 10 and a half millimeter. Heavens above. And then we've got some uh, Allen bolts here, uh, M8 by 55s. So uh, presumably, uh, and of course, this, uh, the reason this is so important, and I've just realised this, is GT3 and GT4, but particularly GT3, it's a balance of performance category. So it's not a technically regulated category, but that means that the car, Christian, has to turn up at every race exactly as its homologation passport. So you can't change an M850 for an M855. That would take the car out of homologation. You've got to have the right bolt in the right place. Yeah, of course, it's it. And as you said, it is like it's a BOP, and that's why it's so important that you prep the car very, very good to have a small advantage maybe to to the other car because it's quite tight everywhere. As you see around the around the world, it doesn't matter which race you see the GT3 and GT4 categories going very, very close together because everywhere good drivers and good cars around there. And that's I think we try to yeah to prep the cars perfectly that we have maybe a small advantage. How much of this would you? take with you to an event do you take is there a smaller version of this room with nuts and bolts that, that goes in the truck yes this is stays here <laughs> there's the, a big nod it, from it, alberto it, there yeah. being of your life as well clearly now this stays here we have uh, two boxes which have screws as well which we take in the trucks so uh, later on we go out we have five trailers out there which we can uh, we can um, yeah we have to load and unload it as well and everybody has his bits and parts also mm-hmm. boxes and so on yeah but just and this is me. the pl- this is the bit of course that people don't think about when they're looking exactly. at uh, at a, a race team Alberto and I mean just looking at these these shelves here with all the consumables on whether it's glass cleaner whether it's polish whether it's you know whatever wheel cleaner this is the sort of stuff that we take for granted because if you're doing something on a car you want to just be able to reach back and get the big thing of blue roll or get the big thing of of screen cleaner it just has to be there in the garage yeah absolutely and i mean everything is calculated i mean there's not one thing we don't have here that we don't use so <laughs> yes. when when a car comes in after a race event you know you come in here with your carts you grab your brake clean you grab your glass cleaner you grab all the stuff you're going to need make one trip grab you know and just go right out to the car That nuts and bolts thing, I'm going to wake up nights worrying about that. Uh, Suspension parts, uh, hubs, brake discs, a go-go. Ah, now, this is a shock dyno, says Russell. Come on then. What What are we doing here? Does this mean you can tune your own shock absorbers? Yes, and uh, in the GT3, absolutely. In the GT4, you can't you can't do much to the shocks, but I mean, you know, really, this is mainly to test, you know, functionality of the shocks, and everything has to just be 100% repeatable, mm-hmm. you know, for the drivers. I mean, we're all pushing there to the last tenth of a second, and if you know the shock doesn't have the right gas pressure in it or isn't performing like it normally does, you'll feel it in the car, and so you need to make sure they're all identical. So this is more Christian for testing rather than than tuning. If you find a shocker that's not as it should be. I take it you guys don't take it apart and regas it. It goes back to the manufacturer. Yeah, it is. That's what we do. But normally, the, the normal thing is if we go testing or do they have a race, uh, the car goes back in the workshop. We put all the parts out, like for shop service. Then it goes to the dyno, and uh, yeah, the the engineers looking for if they have still the same. Uh, yeah, Ken felt I don't know the word on on English on it. Yeah, curve on it as it should be. Yeah. And if it's if it's proven, they get a sticker on it and back on the car. Right. And, and again, you're lifing all those components as well, so you know when they are coming to the end of your life. But you're not taking that chance. You're saying, right, it, that, that shock absorber might have another 5,000K left on it as far as its time's concerned, but if it's taking a big curb strike, maybe it needs to be replaced. Of course not. Maybe we will replace it. Yeah. That's, that's the small difference, what, we, what I tried to explain. Mm-hmm. It's the small things, what you can do on a GT3 just to get a little bit more advantage compared to the other cars. Maybe. As I've heard said in other sports, it's incremental differences, tiny 1% differences that can, in a BOP championship yeah. particularly that makes the, the big gains. This is extraordinary how much. 
stuff yeah, you've got in here. Part. As you see here, we have a lot of shock absorbers. Remember, they are quite expensive, the, the shock absorbers as well. So we, we're testing. We have spa, spare parts here. Uh, we have a lot of suspension here, as you see here. Pretty and these cool. are all homologated as well, of yeah. course. So yeah. you can't go out and uh, choose them. AMG have, have specified them for the car. These happen to be uh, Multimatics with the, uh, the secondary... Uh, reservoir on those that's quite a sophisticated piece of kit uh, that you you would not have seen that on a gt car certainly not 10 years ago those are very sophisticated pieces of kit they are they are fantastic so i think but yeah every every sugar server now did a lot of progress the last couple of years we tested a lot and uh yeah i think everybody mg worked with multimatic at the moment and uh we have also some testing stuff on the notch life which we are doing for uh yeah for testing other brands and still we are very com confident with that with that multimatic stuff is there sometimes too much choice russell as a driver I'll ask you as a driver here too much choice about what you're doing and you can get lost chasing a setup when you've got something as complicated as this you know, bump and rebound was always um black magic to me anyway in car setup but you're going way beyond that nowadays absolutely i mean it's very easy to get lost you know luckily you know thank god i don't have to deal with too much of it i mean we've got the best some of the best engineers in the world especially thomas and and he he can usually get the car right in the box that we want it so so it's your job to explain to as a driver it's your job to explain to the engineers this is what the car's doing confirm that with the data and they can suggest well i remember a couple of years ago when we were doing such and such we tried this shall we try that and make sure that works Absolutely. I mean, you know, you just got to throw it at the car and, and try to set up the car for each individual driver's preferences. You know, we all like it a little different. Some of us like it a little bit looser. Some of us like it a little bit tighter. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, you just need to, to kind of keep us happy, you know, which is, I would say that's the most difficult job. Remember, you've got to say understeer and oversteer when you're over in this okay. part of the world. All right. Slight change in terminology. That's the advantage, though, uh, if I may say so, uh, of... Uh, Christian, of, of a team that has the background and the experience of HTP. The, some of these guys who are out there working and you can hear them prepping the cars at the moment, they've been with the team quite a long time in motorsport terms. Yeah, of course they are. We And we try to hold them. And for sure, we try to yeah to um, yeah develop some new guys with us. So we, we take them really early and uh, yeah try to explain them how they do and they don't yeah, then we started with a third mechanic on the car, then second, and then if they have the potential, we try to yeah educate them in the first mechanic, and it's also a goal for them. You know, mm -hmm. they are aiming for it. They are. I have to I have to say, all guys are here very passionate, and also in the US. So, and that's really it's not only a job; it's it's a passion, as I say. Well, it's a way of life. Yeah. If you're going to go, yeah. nobody goes uh, racing and work on a team for the for the money or the glamour, because uh, frankly, as we've all seen, there's not always uh, a lot of that, and it takes up a lot of time and a lot of family time that you've got to give up uh, there as well smashing stuff we're going to i think we're going to pop outside in a moment and look at one of the race trucks uh, you're on the radio show limited network of channels we're at the htp the women htp motorsports headquarters here in germany this is inside the inside stories on the teams suppliers and drivers so we've come out into the spacious car park uh truck park in fact uh, that is adjoining the uh, Women HTP facility here uh, in Germany. We're not going to spend too much time out here because the lad from Houston is called, being Russell Ward, <laughs> who's standing uh, out here. Like even even uh, Christian Hornadel is uh, a little bit worried about the weather. Uh, this is huge by anybody's standards. I have certainly even seen Formula One um, preparation companies and formula one teams who haven't got as much room here christian that gives you a lot of fle flexibility yeah we are very delighted to be here we have a lot of space and we need it as well because as you see here our fleet is uh, quite big so we have five trailers around here that's and five full-size trailers yeah, plus full there's a seven and a half uh, tonner as well with a big tail lift on the back yeah plus a small trailer and yeah we, you know we need maintenance on that so we need space that's to do point. it as you see here we also we have our hospitality and engineer uh, uh, trailer which double decker which is fantastic yeah, yeah can we have that for commentary that would be great can we take that to Le Mans for for commentary just park that in on the end of the Bugatti circuit I'd be able to say that would be brilliant now that adds a whole other set of logistics to think about because 
you've got a race team. You've got to think about that. You've, you've, have you got a transport manager? Because you need one. You're a transport company as well, aren't you? <laughs> yes, it's it's manageable. That has that means we have like one team manager, which is really looking forward, and we have uh, yeah two truck drivers who are permanent here, mm-hmm. so they're looking for you know, the maintenance and so on. As you see here. Um, yeah, this is our double decker. As you see, it was uh, it used to be uh, yeah, like um, I would say engineer stand. Mm-hmm. It was a McLaren. It was for McLaren previous one, wow. and now it's it's engineer slash it's hospitality which we use. And uh, yeah, and you see the trailer is in, in front of us. It's uh, the the trailer immaculate. I've got to say, and again that goes to what we were talking about before that. When it's on the roads of Europe, when it's part of the track, that's representing your brand and an AMG Mercedes as well. Of course, yes. Uh, of course, we have the track of Mercedes. All trucks that we have is from Mercedes. Uh, it's not a bad truck partner to have, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, we get a good deal on it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> good for you. Yeah, Let's have a look around the, the side of this. Slide out on the side, of course, as we often have nowadays. Now. Five trailers, five trailers uh, is what Christian's saying. Let's get up inside. Oh. It's, a, it's a normal trailer. You see here we can load cars in here. We, we just were testing with the car in Hockenheim. And let's go step inside. All right, this is into the inner inner sanctum. So yeah. the dry, Oh, now double slide out. Double slide out here. It's, uh, it's a quite nice office here uh, where we can yeah, represent the brand also in our HDP Windward uh, brand. And yeah, it's it's one of our nicest trailers. You get two cars in this, could you? Yes, we can have two cars on it and a lot of stuff in here. But in general, if we go for GT Masters, we take three trailers with us. Uh, for how many cars to run? At the mo- three cars, three cars to run. Right, yeah. So three, one car per trailer. But I have to say, yes, it's two cars per tra- for the trailer for the uh, two trailers for three cars and one with the hospitality yeah, stuff and okay. so on. Plus seven and a half ton plus another trailer, <laughs> so a small tra- a small trailer on the, on the back one. That, that's a big commitment for, for those events. And again, we come back to, and Alberto, I'll bring you back in here. I, I was saying, you know, you, almost, you, you said you have to be a travel agent. You have to be a transport manager as well. And the distances here in Europe are big, but not as big as you guys in the States. So that has to factor into your calculations as well, because you're not, you're not going to fly your cars from one side of the US to another when you're competing. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, you know, with the regulations that the government's put on drive time for truck drivers... Good point. And uh, so you basically have to plan this, you know, it comes back to planning at the beginning of the year. So, you know, your truck is going to leave on a Monday. It's going to get there on a Wednesday and same thing, you know, coming back. Now, are you a, I'm going to do it on a big spreadsheet on the computer side of thing, or do you like to get it up on a wall planner and start getting out the colored markers or the colored stickers? Yeah, I'm kind of both, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right in that split between millennials, you know, so I, I can do it on the computer or I can do it on the, on the board. But, uh, you know, our truck drivers do a very good job and, uh, we kind of leave it up to them to see how much time they need in between races and uh, you know between cities. And all right, if you're doing one series, then you hope that they're going to be sensible with a calendar. If they have back-to-backs, it's doable. Certainly, IMSA have done that in the past. We've got that now traditional Watkins Glen up to Canadian Time Motorsport Park. It's it's not easy, but it's it's certainly achievable. But you guys both in the states and over here, Christian, you work in multiple series, so that must mean that sometimes you're going from race to race to race. Does that mean sometimes the cars don't get back here to be re-prepped? No, this is mainly in the US. Uh, Europe is quite small, I have to say. So you can normally get back here and do at least a day or a couple of days prep? Yeah, of course. Uh, what, What we have, we have actually... The trailer uh, lined up with the with the with the series we drive. Right. Okay. So that's why we have it, and we have also the cars really lined up for. We have two GT Masters cars. We have the sprint car, and we have the endurance car, which you didn't see mm-hmm. because now it's coming tomorrow from uh, with the container from Dubai. Okay. It, because we did uh, both races Abu yep. Dhabi and Dubai with it. it tomorrow will will come immediately. We so hang on, we're 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 now in. Uh, where are we? Uh, nearly February. the end end of February. Yeah. Nearly the end of February. The Dubai race was the first week of, of January. So that's five five weeks since that, that finished. And that's how long that car takes to come back. Yeah. And remember, we have to also to ship it down earlier. So it was, I think the mm. car was not here about three months or three and a half wow. months. So, uh, yeah. And we have to prep it uh, quite quickly because uh, it's, uh, we will, we plan to do the endurance with that. Uh, so that's why we have to prep really, really, really quickly with that because we want to test also the next two weeks with the car. 
Yeah, I mean, I wish we had it that easy over there. You know, uh, sometimes <laughs> the, the trucks won't come back, uh, you know, for two and a half, three months, you know. Really? Oh, absolutely. Especially when we go, you know, walk-ins, uh, CTMP, then we got Lime Rock, and, we, you know, it's so tight. And then with SRO as well, so, you know, we really have to plan it out, you know. And likewise with consumables inside the truck, hardware, all that stuff, you know, we have to plan for that way ahead of time. Uh, does that mean that you sometimes, you know, like they do in the Navy, you almost have to send out extra parts to, to meet a truck that's on the road? Yeah, absolutely, you know, and uh, we'll wow. plan ahead with the uh, AMG, you know, with their parts truck to Good make point. sure, okay, at this track we're going to grab this, at this track Very we'll good. grab this, and then we'll, we'll prep it. You know? And how many cars do you have in the States then to service the series that commitments that you've got there? Right now we have three GT4s and the one GT3, so, wow. uh, you know... And that's split between IMSA and the SRO competition? Yes, sir. Right, okay. And you've got, you said eight here, didn't you? Sorry? You said eight cars here in Europe. Uh, no, no, we have in total, we are running eight cars right, okay. uh, in Europe. So in Europe, we have four GT3s and one GT4. Okay, fine. So, and that's split, and as you say, you try and keep those allocated to an individual championship. That makes life a bit easier. Exactly, that's the, that's the plan. But anyway, you, you know how it is. There's an accident there, and then ah. we have to swap the cars. In, pl in yeah, in, in perfect life, it would be like that. But anyway, if the experience shows that uh, you have to swap sometimes. In motorsport, we always say, don't we, when we're doing commentary, if everything else yeah. remains the same, which it never does, <laughs> quite frankly. Listen, this is brilliant. You guys have, have been fabulous hosts. And we wish you all the best in your uh, continued quest for race wins and championship. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you all, uh, Russell, probably start with you, I think. Um, relatively new to this team ownership and manager, managing side of things. Um, so this might be a difficult question for you. But I suspect you guys have got pretty well-developed plans for this organization women htp on both sides of the atlantic um do you have medium and long-term goals not necessarily just racing goals but but business goals for 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 the operation you know we do i mean my my focus really is is on winning races and winning championships you know an htp has won several championships mm. um you know are there there are our, our newer branch, Winward themselves, we haven't won any championships. So, you know, that's my immediate goal is, you know, we gotta, we got to win a championship. We won a couple of races. We've had some good results, but we haven't really been able to put it together for a full season. And so, you know, that, that's my first step. Um, I don't see us, you know, we love working with Mercedes and, mm -hmm. and we love the GT racing style. So I think we'll be there for sure for the next five years. And, you know, but things change so quickly in racing. You never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and you having to get used to having customers now. You've been a customer in the past, and you having to get used to service customers. Do you think it's an advantage that you've been on the other side of the fence, so to speak? Absolutely. I mean, um, racing can be very, it can be a very difficult, difficult game, and, and it, it, it can be, uh, I'm lost for words here. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a shark's pit, you know, or a lion's den, you know, yeah. and so I've been treated badly in the past and, and other customers have been treated badly in the past. And so I know, I know what it takes to, to keep a guy happy and, and to provide him with a really good product because I know what they're looking for. And, and Alberto, on that point, there's so much choice in GT3 and GT4 racing now in terms of manufacturer, in terms of teams, then the human touch. And we've talked about the guys who are working here in Germany and the experience that they've got uh, down through the years with HTP. But Ultimately, what is going to make the difference, like it would do in your previous life in an auto dealership, it's it's the personal touch, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we cater to our, you know our clients. So uh, you know if they want a certain water, we're going to get them that certain water. <laughs> you know, it, 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 is that your job as it, well? It's absolutely. You know, it's the small little details that that set us aside. You know, the presence at the track, the nice trailers, the nice lounges, the nice hangout areas. You know, to me, that's worth. Uh, you know, you can't put a price on it on these guys. No. You know, they have all the money. Yeah, you yeah. know, so they just want the experience yeah. for sure. Uh, results driven, of course, always Christian, and that is, I mean, it's so competitive in GT racing at the moment for all the reasons that we've talked about with BOP and GT3 and GT4. So if if I was coming to you now wanting to go GT racing and I said, right, I've been to this team, I've been to that team, what would you tell me was the HTP difference? 
the ATP difference is, I think, I, I would ask you the, 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 the question, what is your plan for the next two or three years? Mm -hmm. What is what are you looking at? So the, for us, we try to look ahead and give good advice to our customers. So, uh, yeah, I have to say, and that's, that's the point. I think this is also the thing because we have so many experienced guys around here. So I'm as a driver. Uh, we have Norbert Brickman, we have Ben Schneider with us. Mm -hmm. So we have good team also around the team. Uh, and I think we will, yeah, that's what the first question I asked. Where do you see you in two or three three years? And then I can may, maybe see your way because the way should be individual a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I ask you. Uh, and a, a final question to you, and I should have probably asked you this earlier on. Um, mm. You've had a fantastic career as a driver. I suspect that we'll still see you behind the wheel. I hope we'll still see mm. you behind the wheel because uh, I, I'm sure you still feel you've got the pace in you and I'm certainly, having watched the stopwatch, know you have. Um, why are you doing this? What's made you want to come and take on this this new role? Because it's not the easiest of jobs, even for people who've done it all of their careers. And to step into it from racing, you bring a different perspective, as we're talking with, with Russell there. But uh, what, why? Why have you done this? I, I, I'm not sure if I'd asked you three years ago, I said, are you going to go into team, uh, into the team side of things when you stop driving? I, do, I think you might have said, no, I don't think I want to. Exactly. If you asked me that three months ago, I would say the same. You know, it was... If, if you see like that, if you, have, if you think that you have the right partners... Mm. If you trust, you have, if you see a bright future, if you have nice guys, would you think you can do a big thing? Mm -hmm. And uh, that is my, yeah, and this is, I say, okay, they are passionate as, as us. We have the opportunity. We have uh, a thought of what can be. And, uh, yeah, I think that is the point where I get convinced myself to say, okay, this could be now the opportunity for the future. And then if I if I see something that I do it one hundred percent. And that's why I, I stopped that, driving really. my I yeah. stopped driving. And uh, at the moment I, I feel quite good. Oh, for sure I have to learn or we have to learn a lot on this, but mm -hmm. still we have we are strong, we have good partners around and uh, yeah this could be what you're saying there then is what's attracted you to come and do this job is exactly the reason that you, you have said to me is the HTB difference. It's the people. So you've been attracted into this because of the people who you're going to be working with, including Russell and Brace. Yes, of course. And uh, that's why I know them now for, for three years. And it was right from the start, it was a good relationship. And mm. people I, I can trust and they can trust me. And then with Alberto and, you know, it's... As so it's say, not a new relationship, really, is it? No, it's just no. a new part of the relationship. It's a new part of the relationship. It's, it's a step forward, you know. And uh, with a bright future, we all guess. That's why we're doing it. And uh, we have the same passion. We are competitive. We have the passion for motorsport. We are trying to do it competitive. And we are trying to do it not in a rush. We mm. do it quite step by step as we think it goes go, go ahead. Wish you all the best. Russell, thank you very much indeed. Will you pass on our good wishes to Bryce, your dad? Um, you're popping across here uh, on a fairly regular basis, clocking up uh, the air miles. In, biz in pure business terms, what does this mean to you and your dad? You know, it's just incredible to be involved in this. I mean, you know, you'd look back to, to five or six years ago and, and you'd never think that we'd be in this situation. Um, but it's just incredible, you know, like Christian said, to work with these people. And then, you know, immediately the moment we met them, we knew that it was going to be a long and lasting relationship. See, for all of the technology we talk about, all of the excitement, all of the horsepower and torque, motorsport, you know, at its very basic level still comes back to those carbon-based units, the human factor, whether it's the guys behind the wheel or the guys putting the wheels on the cars and then everything that goes on. This has been a smashing day here Thank you very much for having us here in Germany and finding out more about Winwood and HTP. Good luck with the partnership in the future, gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.